This is a wonderful broadcast that you're going to really enjoy today. I've already started it out, um, but I am adding this part in. It's St Joseph's Day today, I found out on my app. And the thing is, the entire year, as we know, is the year of St Joseph. Glory to God. Um, And we talk about this, the priority obviously is God above. But we know that St Joseph was one of the best role models of, you know, the Heavenly Father here on earth in terms of scripturally. I say for me, um, certainly my father, James, um, personally. But when we look scripturally, we can, you know, really kind of think about all the different ways, you know, everybody has access to the Bible. So all the different ways in which the biblical Joseph supported Mary and also supported Christ. So the entire mission of God's, he was at the head of that isn't that amazing? So it's his day to day, but this is within what is known as the year of St. Joseph, which will entirely go all the way along to the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, um, just on the run up to Christmas 2021. So we've been um, going through this entire year of Joseph, bringing attention to the male role model um, of godliness here on earth, which is so vitally important. And you're going to hear why as we go along as well. And the importance of a man that um, really helps to nurture and helps support a mother to nurture properly. This is actually reflected in today's um, very um, wonderful broadcast, as you will hear. So this is something that, as I say, usually occurs, reoccurs once every year. But this is a special time for this because not only is it the day of St. Joseph today, but it's actually the day of St. Joseph within what is allowed to be and what's made to be an actual full year of St. Joseph. So happy day of St. Joseph for um, probably the first time ever in this year of St. Joseph like this here in 2021 and enjoy the rest of the broadcast. Blessings. Welcome to this broadcast of the podcast Love Lighthouse. Welcome here today and I am going to be sharing with you the next part of the additional support needs strong recovery from the pandemic video that's going to be coming up today on education lighthouse and i'll give you the link on here so that you can follow that and go straight to the page to get more information we've got five videos out on it all on additional support needs so every single person has an additional need in the world there's not one single person that doesn't and this is therefore completely inclusive it is not exclusive so there are many different types of requirements with regards to strong pandemic recovery it certainly looks like we are managing to do that quite successfully here in the united kingdom particularly here in scotland and so here I am speaking about this from Scotland and sharing with you what will really help in terms of pandemic recovery and success for wherever you are as well in the world. So we are going to be looking at that, as I said, on Education 
Lighthouse. Okay, let's get on with the broadcast today um, on our Love Lighthouse podcast and what's coming up. We're going to um, be looking at some of the different questions I have. Now go and join the group, which is Catholicism and the Reformation. And there you can join in in some of the questions. The questions are put out to edify the church. That means they are there for people to ponder on and to grow, to learn, to discover, to ascend with and from. Um, There are some really interesting questions out there right now. And one of the questions is, are you Christian or are you John Ian? (laughs) right it's a good question it's a really important question to ask because some people behave as if they are christian and i wonder maybe maybe they don't maybe they do but you know well do you agree do some perhaps behave like they are johnians and that's all right because john is very very important i'm not saying that john is not important it does even state this in the bible that John is far more important than a lot of you realise. Um, some of you maybe realise it or maybe realise a little bit too much and perhaps exalt John even above Jesus because Jesus is the one that talks about the importance of the Spirit and John is the one who baptises with water so does a lot of things by action and with ordinances. So there's a divine difference between the Holy Spirit baptism and the baptism of St. John, which is by water. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is where Jesus is concerned. That is, you know, what we're really supposed to be aligning with overall. We're supposed to be looking to Jesus and pointing to Jesus, right? So we're supposed to point to others. When we have that, we have to point others in that direction as well. So are you really doing that or are you putting external things, manifested things, the flesh things, in other words, that's what the flesh means, and ordinances, carnal ordinances. So all of the different, what does carnal mean? It doesn't necessarily mean, um, you know, the eating of flesh, actual real flesh. Flesh is a way of describing the thingness of the of the world, right? So are we putting things first? Or are you putting the spirit first? We're supposed to be putting the spirit first. And um, that's what Jesus talks about, about the spirit is the one where there is life. My word is the spirit. My spirit is um, where there is life. My word is where there is life. That's the living bread really is the spirit of Jesus Christ. So are we putting the spirit first? Or are we looking to external things, actual manifested things, physical things? to try and give you the spirit because the flesh that's what those things are that's the flesh that's what it means not just flesh as in skin but flesh meaning something that's materialized okay because the flesh according to jesus profiteth nothing and it is the spirit that giveth life so that's been a big question and really getting people to think about this very clearly to edify the church to bring about ascendancy to bring about people growing in the way and becoming more empowered so go ahead join that if you feel called to and get involved with some of those questions answering them and as you begin to answer that's going to help your internal spiritual development as well okay so um next up today then what 
are we looking at? Um, let's see. Ooh. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. And so, um, just to go further in depth to this, well, I basically just had this revelation, this idea, very quickly to go to the top of the page that I had opened um, without any plan and just so following in that surrender um, to nothing else aside from God and the Holy Spirit within. That's exactly what I did. And that's why I have read that part um, of the page, which says that <clears throat> and I've now actually moved on since then because I've taken a quick break and had something to eat at the time of recording all the rest of it but I have gone ahead and um, looked into why this might be so important and let's have a look at the word Kadesh um, you know it's spelled here as K-A-D-E-S-H now K is known for purity as well um, Kadesh or uh, Kodesh in classical Hebrew is from the root word holy. And it does appear in the Bible in quite a few places and it describes a site located south of the border of Canaan and the kingdom of Judah. And I believe that even although it's talking about the, it comes from the root word, I believe that the root is very important. It's talking about the root. It's almost like you imagine something being dormant, even although it's holy, it's dormant. And as even the human existence, consciousness, awareness begins to elevate because of the inevitable, the act of the eating from the tree of wisdom, of knowledge albeit right and wrong, it's still knowledge and wisdom. And it's inevitable, it has to occur now. And so because of that, certain cells that were once dormant begin to open up anew and afresh. And something that was once holy becomes infiltrated with new wisdom. And even that new wisdom in and of itself has the potential to be shaken in such a way that... Even although there's new light coming in to awaken certain arenas, there's also or there could also be potential for questioning in that because there's new knowledge. That's the process, as any teacher would know, of assimilation of new knowledge, new wisdom. There is a moment within the zone of proximal development between what you know, what you are going to know and its seeming tension until it's assimilated, until it's understood, gained and then you have a kind of strong foothold. And that's why it even talks about as an energy that, you know, the enemy becomes um, a place to put our feet upon. Well, we could think about that as um, new levels of wisdom. And then as we grow in the way, how things become stronger, we are able to put our foot down stronger on something and say, right, I've got that, I understand that I'm moving on to the next level in holiness so even our wisdom 
has the opportunity to make one less or seem or feel less holy because of the wisdom that you now have, which you maybe didn't have before on certain things, which you maybe even did before that were holy within that place. But then as you look back on them with a new wisdom, you look at it in a certain way. And that is the process in which you really need to have Christ because you need the righteousness to be able to do that in the appropriate righteous holy way and continue in holiness and growth in holiness rather than the opposite. All right, so that is what Kadesh is referring to and it's talking about shaking everything in the wilderness. So certain things that don't match up with the next level of holiness, with the next level of the assignment must fall away. And so therefore there's a strength in moving forward. One of the things that was shaking for me today or just shaking in terms of like reality and things that need a shake up, not necessarily for me specifically. I think definitely in the rugby world though, Six Nations, things have happened and this is the key element. It's um, all about, let's put the word clean and dirty. This is very, very much the thing with the pandemic. It is very much the thing with, let's say, um, ascension and coming through in the way. It all links up and it links up very nicely on here with regards to holiness and what goes on even in things like rugby games goodness so let's just put it this way a similar situation which you might call mm, a dirty situation something that isn't fair um actually a lot of things surrounding that on mother's day and the way interestingly that some women are treated different things like that there just needs to be more cleanliness more appropriateness more things are really just right that i just feel that you know standards have just been not very good with things with certain things and here's another thing particularly you know i think mother's day highlights this what is it we're nurturing it's not just um for women what are we nurturing but what is the world what are different areas in life nurturing at this time and so I'm going to relate this to what happened on Mother's Day with regards to the rugby like I have not seen the the entire thing because I'll admit um things needed to change and be better actually for me for women in general on Mother's Day and I would say yes even also with the rugby but because of it I didn't get to see all of it so I'm trying to kind of like do backtrack and find out what all happened um during the rugby with the Scotland versus Ireland game and there were some amazing things I did see on both sides but obviously I've missed a large part and I've missed the part where Finn Russell got concussion now why did he get concussion I know there's talk of players wanted to directly um take out so to speak our uh, you know excellent world class rugby players and Finn is one of those so I'm putting two and two together and I think it's pretty obvious but I still find it because 
all of the reports are being very quiet surrounding his concussion, which is very strange. So I want to get to the the depths of that. Um, from what I was able to see, I was able to choose like British and Irish lines that I thought were great. Um, but I only got so far because I haven't seen the entire game yet. Um, but I heard that one of them has left all of a sudden. I'm just very interested in that. And um, because I saw some of the highlights from that player in terms of um, what they've been getting up to. Um, so I'm finding that interesting as well. Mm -hmm. So I really want to get to the bottom of this. It's like a needle in a haystack trying to find it all out, but I will find it out. It's vitally important, you know, that the referee is watching for things like this. How something like that could get past the referee. This is rugby. These things can happen, but it's very, very important in this day and age that we have, like, referees that are up to standard and watching um, and making sure that obviously things that are that dangerous aren't happening in this um, point and process of the rugby world in this day and age. So making sure, you know, they are right on with the rules to prevent things like concussion is absolutely imperative. That's a really serious thing and it's something that's very serious in the rugby world today. Um, referees cannot really be allowed to um, let things like that slip, especially if there's like, you know, any form of dirty rugby going on. We want it to be fair. It's important that these are right wins and not dirty wins are happening. It's just such a shame to see that on Mother's Day or any day. Interesting, isn't it? Um, so what's the other point as well? Oh yeah, I heard there was like a try that didn't look like it was a try on the Irish side um, and it wasn't TMO'd but it was TMO'd for the one which was a definite try but was still a tricky um, one and it still went to TMO and we could see that it was obviously a try from the TMO um, when Scotland went for well it was a really amazing try that goodness knows Hamish Watson it was just so amazing how he managed that and he did um, there was just, you know, Irish players all around trying to hold it up, but he got it down. You could see that from the TMO. It was amazing. Now, I heard that that didn't happen when there was a really tricky try. It didn't even go to TMO. Now, what's going on here? People who are not good at refereeing should not be allowed to referee. There's two main sticking points in that um, Scotland-Ireland game, which really sound very, very weird altogether um, at the least and I think these things need to be looked at the important part is that even in things like sports or in any aspect of life that we are taking a look at and we're looking for fairness we're looking in the ascension to betterment we also have to be careful when it comes to the law and the rules and the regulations because those that teach as we know 
Jesus did teach are always held to the highest standards, so especially teachers of the law. And the question is, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law, thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law dishonourest thou God? And um, that's from Romans, the epistle of Paul, the apostle to the Romans, chapter 2, and it was verse 20, 21, 22, and 23. And shall not uncirc- uncircumcision, which is by nature, it fulfill the law, judge thee, who, by the letter and circumcision, dost transgress the law. Hmm. So again, this is really important that It is not by being simply in a particular religious arena or a particular group like a Jew who would have all of the laws, all of the commandments and know all of them by the letter. But because as it was found that Moses' law, which is that original law that was understood by the letter, could never be altogether fully um, capable by all Jews um, of being followed entirely. We know this because every single Passover every single you know um, time as it approaches that time they would always have to um, sacrifice something for the forgiveness of sins it just you know there wouldn't be such sacrifices people wouldn't be eating meat for example meat as in and when I say meat meat can mean anything that is manifested to eat but I'm referring to like meat of like animals and things nobody would be doing that if it wasn't first for the fact that the priests and all the rest of it were, you know, burning um, meat offerings, if we go right the way back to Cain and Abel and all this and um, all the way right back to Adam and Eve and the time of their fall when, you know, things just went awry and... all sorts of things that would be considered crazy or unimaginable started to become a possibility Um, 
and in any case uh, yeah but even then and before that um, even Jews had particular things commands that you know even certain meats or certain things were actually unclean uh, but all of a sudden other ones would be clean and it's like well try telling that to a vegan <laughs> anyway um as you kind of head back on the ascension back into that eden link um status that is what's going to happen it's a natural thing to um have like a command or a new command that's a higher level in terms of the law um but as you do that then other parts of the law will become less effective or less important etc so it's all about understanding the bigger picture and where this is all going how it's going the way that it is and why it happens the way that it happens um because you know you're going to have those that are uncircumcised but by nature fulfilling the law so fulfilling the law at a higher level is like vegans that are not doing it are not fulfilling these laws because they're overly zealous for law and legislation um, of any particular kind but that they just know in their hearts it's like the Jew and the Gentile when they just know something in their hearts right to do they will do that and then all of a sudden you'll find that these people who you would assume were uncircumcised in a certain way and I don't mean this specifically in the actual term of circumcision but metaphorically maybe perhaps more so so you wouldn't think of them as being that but they actually are and they're judging you now <laughs> so it's it's like that and shall not uncircumcision which is by nature if it fulfill the law judge thee who by the letter and circumcision doth transgress the law. And so the thing is, the lower level of those in the lower level tiers of law that don't understand um, what the Gentiles understand at a higher level of law, because the highest level is through like the soul and the heart. It's a, just a knowing. And so because your knowing expands as you grow in the way, less thing, other things become less relevant, other things become more relevant. And these people that understand it by their heart and their soul that's more relevant are going to be judging those that once thought they were in the actual position of, you know, the ability to judge. And it's it's one of those situations um, because, as I say, many vegans, for example, don't understand. They just, they, you know, not from a kind of like a an over-legalistic standpoint, it is just simply that of like, it just is Eden. So it's that, that heart calling and a lot of them might not even know to suggest this, but that's what it is. It is. Um, it's, it's in the heart. It's not, it's not like circumcision. It's not that low level. It's just very high ascended because that's where everyone has to ascend back to. So it's a high level and it's people like that that know it from a higher level that will end up judging um, the others okay so that's it um, 
and I suppose yeah so it's about just trusting and having faith hmm I'm brought here to this one um, Philippians chapter 2 verse 14 do all things without murmurings and disputings <laughs> oh my goodness what have we just had murmurings and disputings and now it says do all things without murmurings and disputings So we look to this and we think of the many different things that are said in the Bible, like it will say, reprove, you know, and make sure that you do this, make sure that you do that, um, you know, speak to each other with psalms and songs and hymns to help each other, whether it's to build people up or to reprove or whatever. But then on the other hand, you get a verse that says, make sure you do all things without murmurings and disputings. But I think that'll be meaning certain things within your inner relationship with God with regards to what to do. So it's not disputing with God. I think that's the main thing. And when we think about this with regards to the level of, I suppose importance is put on referees like even in rugby when we draw back to that because quite often you'll see that those who are doing that they're actually living up to that doing without murmurings or disputings are really excellent um people that are able to do that are often rugby players you'll notice that and you'll notice particularly with our like head coaches and things just how utterly unwavering they can be on that they are very professional on how they talk about or discuss things they're very respectful and so that is a lot of weight of responsibility placed on referees because you know they have that but at the end of the day you know, that means a lot has to come back to them as well. Five, who serve unto the example of shadow of heavenly things as Moses, who admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle for, see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed thee in the mount. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand 
to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they continued not in my covenant and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people.